and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Today we're sitting down and talking with Gary Price Gilbert. Gary comes to us out of Georgia. Uh, Gary, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Gary Gilbert. I live in Hiram, Georgia. I am the vice president of Douglas County Aero Models um, in Douglasville, Georgia. Um, I've been in and out of RC since 1990s. Um, my family has been in aviation since I was born. And, and Excuse me. My family's been in aviation um, for a long time. Uh, my grandfather, back in the 70s, had a hobby shop in Spotswood, New Jersey, awesome. where my father learned and built model airplanes. Um, he was My father was one of the first people to bring quarter-scale aircraft to Rhinebeck Aerodrome for their annual model meet. Um, later wow. on in life, my father started building uh, a home-built airplane, a peat and pole air camper, where I started getting involved in building and stuff like that. And when I was uh, about 11 or 12, um, we had got a Great Plains big stick, and that started my love into the RC hobby. So I, I've currently now I work for Lockheed Martin, and I build airplanes, uh, C-130Js, um, for a living. So my whole day is building model airplanes or building real airplanes. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I wish I wish you could see Tom's face right now. It is just lit up with this big smile oh, when he really talked is. about the 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 stick and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. right up his alley. Oh yeah, for sure. Um I, I obviously I love big sticks and the fact that you started out with a big stick 40 I think is fantastic. It's, mm-hmm. what a great flying airplane. What uh, what happened to that airplane? Well, so um <laughs> when I finally got around to I guess you could say soloing and flying on my own. Uh, I was probably like 13 years old. I think it was my third season flying RC. I had um, gone with a buddy of mine to an RC meet, and um, it was the first meeting of the year. So I'd gone the whole way. This is I lived up in New Hampshire at the time, so we had the winters. You you didn't mm-hmm. fly, yeah, so mm-hmm. it had been a while. I got back. You know, it's like okay, where it's nice spring day, we're gonna go out and fly. My dad was like, make sure you check everything out on the airplane before you fly it. And I was, yeah, 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 I know. Well, I started it up (laughs) and went to take off. And um, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure even to this day what happens. But I would assume that um, I'd messed with the radio on another airplane. You know, this was the time where you'd have to, you bought the same crystal or you got the same receiver. And I had set it up for another airplane, a PT-60 trainer. And uh, I think the ailerons were reversed from the, Oops. you know, the switches in the back. Mm-hmm. And as I climbed out and I went to roll, it rolled the wrong way. And of course, it spun into the ground and um, I pretty much completely destroyed the wings in the front of the fuselage. So it was just a usable tail at that point. And I had to do that walk of shame out there to go get the <laughs> airplane and come back. And when I brought it home, I brought it downstairs, all busted up my dad immediately knew exactly uh, what I did. He's just like, he didn't do a pre-flight check. And I was like, no, I did. I did. I'm pretty sure I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. We all have. And you learn. So, right. I mean, hopefully that's a lesson that you. Yeah. It only took five five or six of those lessons for me to learn (laughs) that. So yeah, you got to start somewhere. Well, you know, it really did kind of put in because anytime, it doesn't matter if I've flown that airplane five times that day 
every time I go up, I do my flight controls check, you know, mm -hmm. up, down, left, right, all this, and then um, thrust and then check my throttle cuts and all that. I do it every single time. And I think between that and um, when I was got out of the hobby back in uh, 93, 94-ish, I was going to get my private pilot's license. And that was beat into me by my instructors. It was every time yeah. you do your check, your flight control checks, controls, instruments, gas, attitude, run up safety, and you're off, you know, every single yep. time. Right. And uh, it's kind of stuck with me. And I haven't put one in due to not doing a checklist since. So that's, that's good. awesome. That's a pretty good run. <laughs> I've, I've put them in for other reasons, though. <laughs> well, yeah. We've all done that. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, we, we don't want to to dwell on our mistakes, but as well, long as you learn from them, yeah, that's, that's part that's of a the hobby. It, it happens yeah. occasionally. You can't fly for more than 20 years without crashing at least one, whether oh, it's yeah. your fault or not, right? Yeah. So, right. See, yeah. Tom, Tom doesn't crash his own airplanes. He just no, I just crash Ron's. Crashes everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you, okay, you're around airplanes all day. When it yeah. comes time to... Um, enjoy the RC side of things. Are you foam? Are you balsa? Are you ARF? Are you a kit? I mean, what, what do we do? So when I got back into the hobby this, uh, two years ago, um, I started out with just getting ready to fly airplanes and it mostly the UMX line from, uh, horizon. Mm -hmm. And that was just mm -hmm. to get me in and flying stuff. And then I moved into the larger foam airplanes uh, to where uh, I believe I started building like the or buying like the flight line series, free wing series from Motion RC, and just putting in mm -hmm. my own receivers, plug and play stuff. Um, once I got a couple of those and we're flying different types, I started moving. I'm moving now currently into building again. Um, so, Good. no, I so I last year I started building a uh, or I built a dancing wing hobbies uh feastler storch um it was a really cool build it's kind of built like a jigsaw puzzle you don't have to build on the plans everything's kind of slotted and glued mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of shaping of uh balsa blocks mm -hmm. for like leading edges and detail parts and stuff like that there was a lot in terms of making the um i used oratex fabric because i wanted that fabric look to mm -hmm. the the airplane and that stuff's expensive but it, it, is. it oh, boy, works howdy. great when it's done yeah, yeah it is expensive yeah. ron knows how expensive it is i haven't used it yet yeah yeah but you have some i have one oh, roll <laughs> do you yeah uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a pointer on the, what i think needs to be done with that because it doesn't stick down like um monocote does so it's it's not as tacky but anyway so i built that storch um I did a custom paint job on it and uh, flew it, and it flies like a brick. Oh, <laughs> it's no. probably the worst <laughs> flying model I have. Oh, and that's not uh, good. It's, I've flown it three times, and it's just been uh, each time I have to go in and do something major to the design and try to lighten oh. the airplane up and try to get more power. And that's unfortunate. Um, I, yeah, it, but it looks great. It's a beautiful model. I love the way it looks. It hangs up in my shop. Um, but it, all it's doing is driving me to do another storage in another kit. Okay. You know, because I think the way that kit was put together, it's one of those 
airplanes as you're putting it together you start looking at it and you're like i wouldn't have done that this way i would have done it this way but you continue building it to the plans mm-hmm. and then when you're done you're like i should have just done it the way i thought it you yeah. know the wing attachment points aren't the best in my opinion i know a lot of guys have built it and flown it and enjoy it but i must have skewed somewhere because it <laughs> like i said it flies like a brick it's it's um but like it looks good so yeah. I'm happy with that. Well, I doubt that it's anything that you did to it. Like if you built it according to the plans and the, you know, the kit, I, I'm familiar with the type of kit you're talking about being in like a jigsaw yeah. puzzle. Like the fuselage sides aren't like one piece. They're pieces that have like the, you know, the notches or whatever. Yeah, like the a laser cut. And stuff. Yeah. So there's really nowhere for you to go wrong. I mean, if you build it according to plan, then that's poor planning. I, I mean, would think so. Yeah. Design, so, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the weight of the covering would have had something to do with it too, or maybe whatever paints you used. Maybe so. Well, yeah, and that's one of a lot of, and that's a lot of guys ask me about that because I actually use house paint, um, but I thin it down fifty percent with Windex, and then yeah. I spray it. Yeah, that's what Dave. Um, that's what our it, friend Dave does as well, and he has fantastic results with that. Mm-hmm. So. And I have I've had awesome results yeah. with it on other aircraft that I've done that before. I think with this one, with it. The Storch tail is a very, very long tail, and it's mm-hmm. got a, a decent-sized nose on it, so it's not really short-coupled, but that tail's really, really long. Yeah. The way it's built, it almost gets – there's a lot of material in that and towards the back of the tail, so the airplane ended up very tail-heavy at first, Ooh. and I had to um, add a lot of weight to the nose. Oh, So yeah. as I, I think I added like one and a half pounds of lead to the oh, nose dear. of the CGN. Holy Yeah, that it's ridiculous. That well, that's why lot. it's a brick. That is a lot. <laughs> I have since pulled all the lead out and moved the battery into the, like, into the cowling of the airplane. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> to get it so, as far forward as possible, sure. To get it, to get as much weight as possible. Yeah, to get it as far forward as possible. And I have the CG in there and, and where it needs to be. But I haven't flown okay. it since I've taken a lot of the weight out. The other thing is the way the wings attach. There's only one bolt in the back, and it allows the tips to move back and forth. So oh, I need to figure out a way to get yeah. that rigid. Plus, I need to add a little dihedral to it. Doesn't seem like a great design, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I found – and, and the thing about it is it's an, it's an odd scale, and I'm very scale-oriented. Like I like to have – so uh, a friend of mine, he had a P-47, the FMS one, with the 1,400-millimeter wingspan. And when I was buying a counterpart to his P-47, I started out with what scale is that and what airplanes are in that scale. So when we're flying gotcha. together, that's the way it would have looked in real, you know, in combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. I, I love that. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, so what's, the wing, what's the wingspan on that one? The store 1,600 yeah. millimeters. Oh boy, I got to do the math. So we've um, done this before. That ends up being what about fifty-ish inches? I think it's a little bit bigger than that. Oh, I'm thinking like maybe. fifty-six inches. I think something like that. Anyway, yeah, it's a decent. It's size not a plane, small airplane, yeah. but for a no. pound and a half of weight, for a pound, nose, yeah, that's, that's wait. Well, I mean, he was able to take most of that out. It sounds yeah. like so. Yeah, flaps. So, uh, yes, it has flaps, and I programmed the ailerons to droop with the sure. flaps like the real one. So yep, yep. as the flaps go to their first position, the ailerons match it, and then the flaps go the rest yeah. of the way. Cool. So, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is what Draco is modeled off of, right? 
Uh, I believe so. I I believe so. Storage. It does look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. But anyway, a highly modified one, of course. But yeah. 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 Um, It's a nice looking airplane, by the way. Just expensive for foam, I think. Yeah, and that that's what Ron and I go back and forth on. I mean, foam looks like foam, you know, to to us anyway. It really does, and uh, I probably like most of my collection. You can look is 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 mostly foam, and like I said, I'm going. That's okay. I'm trying to get out of it right now. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want another, another foam model. I want to build. So I bought, um, I have the one six scale, one six scale, um, SIG J three cub and the ah, clip wing yeah. cub. Oh, great flying airplane. I think yes. that's what 80 inch wingspan. If I remember right. The, well, I don't think the, the six scale is quite that big. Is it? This, the, the, uh, the, it's 71 inches. Yeah. Well, then I'm not sure what one I ended up with. So the first kit I ever bought was uh, a Cub, and I thought maybe I'm wrong on the scale. It was an 80 inch wingspan, uh, but that was one I never finished. So <laughs> it's probably up, the one fifth scale one. Yeah, that's what I'm. Oh, thinking. maybe that's what it is. Okay, inch, yeah. yeah, because yeah, that was made quite a few different ones. So. Yeah, that was one I bought uh, bought off of them because I wanted to kind of see how uh you know how a kit went together and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I was building. I got the wing fairly, you know, through the building process on the wing. And then I actually bought a completed ARF that was ready to fly. And I was like, well, I don't need two of them. So I use the rest of the wood for other projects. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you can't have too many cubs. <laughs> well, you know what? That was when I first started and I'm I'm on board with you now. Yeah. But yeah. back then, I, that, like I said, that was the first kit I built. I had never actually flown a balsa airplane at that point in time. Um I had no clue where that was going to take me yeah. to yeah. today. Right. You know, well, and yeah. had I known, then I would have would have finished it up. <laughs> yeah. But no, Gary's absolutely right. You can't have too many Cubs. And right now I have zero. Well, you can't have too many airplanes, uh, wait, period. Right. That's something That's you got to fix. Well, I've got, I've got, you know, I have a, a Goldberg Cub kit that is, uh, you know, waiting to be built. And I will eventually build it. But yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I need to get a Cub in the collection because, yeah, they fly great. Every, they do. I mean, they're just... A Cub is like the quintessential RC airplane that I think everybody has had yeah. or has. Yeah. My first my first yeah. one, I was going to say my first airplane was a Cub. It was a, a foamy, but still it, it was a great little airplane to learn on. So speaking oh, yeah. of Cubs, Gary. Yes. You and your family are currently constructing a Cub. We've built a full-scale aircraft before, Pete and Pole Air Camper, a awesome. 85% scale Fokker DR1 that was never completed. Uh, we kind of did that through um, a museum and the EAA. Um, That's awesome. And then, uh, so this uh, L4, what we're building, a J3 Cub, but it's an L4, which is the military version. So That's it, the one it's I like. actual designation is an L4H. Right. Okay. Um, so this would be a L4 that was used in 43 pre- uh, invasion. So it started out with uh, purchasing plans from Wag Aero, uh, who does kit built cubs, uh, but their spin on it. And being that um, my father and I and all that are very, uh, we want it done. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it like it was originally done. So my father, uh, through a lot of um, talking and uh, going to uh, actually going to where the old Piper factory was in Pennsylvania, writing Pennsylvania and talking with people that built them. 
uh, acquired a full set of L4 drawings from Piper, and we started building it from scratch. That's awesome. <laughs> that is yes. cool. Now, we did do some – we took some liberties in terms of building materials. Um, like, we didn't uh, – we didn't do the aluminum ribs. We built wood ribs. So the airplane exterior, exterior wise looks exactly as it should be interior wise. There were a couple things that were changed, um, for safety and to my fa- my, my family is all engineers. I'm the mechanic <laughs> in the family. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, we went through the, the real J three club has an issue with the tail twisting over time. And we re-engineered a, a brace to go back there to helpfully stop that from happening. Nice. But uh, right now, the airplane is sitting up in Northwood, New Hampshire. Um, it is. We are waiting for a hangar to um, assemble this airplane and start flying it this year. Oh, but awesome. right now, there is a shortage because of the whole COVID. There's a shortage of airplane hangars. Oh, really? And nobody oh. has one. We've been on a waiting list for four years. No Still kidding. haven't gotten a hanger. Huh. Wow, that's a long so, time. That's a long time. The fuselage is it uh, chromoly tubing and all that kind of thing? Yes, it's all chromoly tubing, modern uh, tubing. Um, the now, I believe I, I I don't remember off the top of my head, but the uh, stabilizer and elevator are original L four parts. The wheels and brakes are original L four parts. So there are some original L4 pieces on the airplane. Yeah, very, very cool. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, And the next project is um, we are designing off of a set of plans we got from New Zealand, I believe, a Storch, uh, uh, FI-156 Storch. But we are going to scale it down because a lot of people don't realize that Storch was a giant airplane, 47 foot wingspan. It was 10 and a half feet tall. Mm. It had a giant 200 horsepower Argus motor in it that was air-cooled inverted V8. So we're going to really? try to scale that down to 80% scale. I think we, at the time I sent you the email, it said 75%, but I started looking at the scale of it and I was like, we need to go up a little bit because the airplane will actually end up being smaller than the L4 and it should be bigger, bigger than the L4. Right. So we scaled it up a little bit. That's so, awesome. but we're working on, that's the design, we're in the design process of that sure. now. And I'm hoping by the end of this year, I will be building the ribs for it and Sweet. start building the wings down here in Georgia. Um, my father is going to be moving to uh, Georgia in the next year or two. So yeah. we'll be getting together and building that. Cool. Pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh yeah. That's, I'm, I'm horrible about that. So I, I know you guys still need pictures of me. So yeah, just ask Ron. I'm terrible at it too. I, I'm, I get, I get <laughs> down confirm. on my, I get down on my workshop and I get busy. And then the last thing I'm that's on my mind is, oh, I got to stop and take a picture of this. So I, I'll be honest. Right. I do the same thing though. Yeah, so, so it's once you yeah. get in the zone, like yep. you don't think about anything else. You're just working on your project, enjoying your time and making progress. Yeah. The thought of stopping to snap a picture. Never even Never occurs really to me. Yeah. It's me. So all right. So that's very cool. You're building some a full sky a full scale L four and an eighty uh, percent storage, which that's awesome. But we're here to talk about RC airplanes. 
Yes. Well, hold on. I, what, I'm sorry. What, hold on. I do have to go back. Um, in, in one of the emails that went back and forth between us, you said that uh, you've crashed many RC airplanes, but you have also crashed a real airplane. Oh, I um, missed yes. that conversation. Let's 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 talk about that really quick because oh dear. I'm going to be honest with this story. You are one upping Reggie. <laughs> yeah. oh, really? <laughs> well, he's never crashed a real airplane before, so <laughs> yeah. So that I know uh, of, he hasn't okay. told me. <laughs> well, hold on, listen. I just got to tell everybody: the object of the show is not to one up Reggie. We don't want anyone no, that's killing true. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's there, okay? that's that's very true. <laughs> That's a yeah. that's a high bar that nobody wants to cross. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so tell us about this. I, yeah, I'm, I want to know. Okay, so like I told you before, uh, my father, uh, when I was around eight years old, he started building a peat and pole air camper, and by the time I was sixteen, it was completed. And this is an all wood airplane, mm-hmm. open cockpit, high wing parasol. Parasol, yeah. Uh, that's powered by a Model A Ford engine. Nice. That's kind of neat. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's it. We we did some modifications in terms of redesigning some stuff on the engine to get more than the thirty nine horsepower. We were getting a whopping fifty five horsepower Ooh. out of it. Yeah, that's a, like major. But upgrade. we were swinging. We were swinging an eighty inch propeller at about seventeen hundred RPMs, and it looked cool. That airplane was beautiful. I'll send you pictures of okay. that airplane so yeah. you can post it to the website, and a picture of me. <laughs> And it crashed. Anyway, um, (laughs) so I got my pilot's license at 16. Um, At being 16, 17 years old, um, I was like a kid in a regular car. You know, like you get out there, you drive fast, and you do things. So I was very um, (laughs) – Yeah. I like how you put that, drive fast and I do things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you you take chances. Because, yeah, Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) – Anyway, um, I think at this time I was, I, I believe I was 17 or 18 years old. Um, we had brought the airplane out for our local air show that we had at our airport and everyone wanted to see it fly. It was a little windy and my dad being a little bit more concerned, I was like, I'll fly it. I don't, I'll, I'm good with it. I can fly in this little bit of wind. And I took off. Um, I had, Got out there, started it up, uh, taxied it out. Now, this airplane does not have brakes. It has a tail skid, not a tail wheel. So, and it's um, it's a lot like flying a World War One airplane. It's very bouncy on the ground. It's hard to control. Anyway, that all being said, I took off at, and I mean, the runway was, had people lining it. I took off and my idea was to come around and do a low pass at a whopping 55 miles an hour, but it's still cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the time, the Model A Ford's oil cap is not screwed on. It's just compression fit on. And we have had some issues where you added oil to it and it would overpressurize the oil system. The cap would blow off. Pop the cap well, that's off. what happened. The cap blew off and I saw the white smoke kind of puffing out of the engine. And I was like, crap, I need to land and we need to put a new cap on. When I came in, um, this was a grass strip runway. Uh, I had touched down a little on the hard side, but not too hard. Um, And I was rolling out, and the airplane started settling to the left really hard. And I thought I was going into a ground loop with it. And so I'm correcting for the ground loop, and the airplane just keeps settling, settling over. And I'm holding the stick, and I get the stick jammed all the way over to the right or um, to the right, trying to keep that wing up. And I don't know what's going on. And next thing I know, I heard crunching of dirt. 
I'm looking straight at the ground and then I'm upside down. Oh dear. Oh yes. So, um, during that, um, my face made contact with the cockpit combing, breaking my jaw right below my nose, my oh. skull right below fractured that I sprained every joint in my body with the exception of my left arm. Lucky to be alive. Yeah. It, no, it, it really wasn't that bad of an accident. Um, <laughs> one of the, it, it sounds like, awful. It, it, <laughs> it, it really, it, yeah, I still have like, I, my septum is completely um, pushed over to one side from the accident uh, in my nose. Uh, but um, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was surreal. And I just remember sitting there thinking about how, pissed my dad would be that i <laughs> yeah. just crashed his airplane yeah that sure. would have been my first I'm, thought too yeah and i'm thinking about that big stick believe it or not and i'm just like not again not this <laughs> that's what it kept running through my head oh great i'm gonna and, have to hear about this for the next 40 for, years yeah yeah <laughs> so there was a photographer taking pictures of this airplane and he actually has a picture of me hanging upside down right after the crash still hanging, hanging by upside the straps, down from yeah. the cockpit wow yeah and my father and my best friend, David, at the time had run over there before everything else. Now, mind you, the fuel tank is in the center of the wing and it had 10 gallons of fresh av gas in it and it's dumping out everywhere. Mm -hmm. There is this Model A Ford engine that is dumping water and heat and all that right above this puddle of fuel. Yeah. And I just remember hands pushing me in and pulling me out of the cockpit. And then I had to call my mom. <laughs> So, and explain to her what yeah, just happened. Yeah. And uh, I what think I started happened, that conversation sure. out with, I'm okay, dad's okay, Dave's okay, <laughs> but the Pete and Pole has crashed. So what happened? Oh, uh, so the landing gear, um, it's held on by bungee cord. The okay. wheels were these 29 inch kind of spoked wheels um, covered with fabric, like the old World War One airplanes. Mm -hmm. There was nothing holding the land, the axle to the landing gear besides for the bungee cords one of the bungee cords had dry rotted inside and snapped mm -hmm. now there's a safety cable that holds that landing gear just in case that bungee cord snaps and that failed as well that oh. big wheel went back into the strut locked that wheel down as a brake yeah. and caused the airplane to flip over yep. on its back ouch man wow yeah so not so, your fault at least though I mean, no, no. And I, I, I remember like, I, I, I always listen to anytime I can listen to an old pilot, uh, talk about their experience and stuff like that. I try to take note of it. And the one thing I learned and it was, I believe it was said, um, I gotta try to remember the guy's name now, Bob Hoover, uh, who's that famous stunt pilot yeah. that flew the, um, the twin, yep. um, he said, fly the airplane through the crash and you'll survive. And that's always resonated with me. And even with RC, fly sure. the airplane to the crash. Do as whatever you can to Everything keep that airplane flying. Yeah. And yeah. You'll, you, the airplane will end up better. So, of course, that doesn't work in RC sometimes when it disappears yeah. behind the trees. <laughs> <laughs> or so. in the corn or behind the corn. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that's my airplane crash story. I was, I had that and I also had a hard landing in Iraq and a Blackhawk. So, but that was... You know, I'm just sitting in the back and I got slammed into the pilot seat pretty bad and we busted a tail strut. Ouch. Um, 
yeah, that was yeah. that wasn't fun. So I've been through two incidents yeah. in aircraft. Well, definitely so two more than anyone else I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you it's win. It's too, too many. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yeah, nobody wants to have to deal with that stuff. So no. yeah. at least you're okay. Yeah, thank that's, goodness. That's the important part. And uh, you, you did get a story to tell out of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, compare then full scale to RC. Obviously, RC is less dangerous. So does that become, like, more fun or just less stressful? <laughs> so... I with RC I find it more it's more fun. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, I my dream would be to have fly every World War II airplane, every Korean War jet fighter, World War One airplane. I'd love to do it, but let's face it, nobody really has the money to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's how I, that's what RC does for me. Although mm-hmm. I enjoy going up and flying 172s, Cubs, and stuff like that, I get to fly an ME 262 from time to time or a Fock Wolf or a P 51 or a Corsair. And it's just something you can't do in your normal life. And I I just absolutely love that. Not only that, I use my models to try to teach people about it, um, Mm -hmm. about not just RC, but history. I mean, that's one of the coolest things that this is a multi-leveled hobby. And um, I never like um, when I build like my ME 109 that I have, uh, it's in Finnish uh, paint scheme. So it has the finished hook, blue hooked crosses. They look like swastikas. Actually, they look exactly like a swastika, but in, they're blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that on yeah. there, and everyone looks at it, and they're like, oh, that's a Nazi airplane. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a Finnish yep. airplane. And then there's yep. a whole history of why Finland was flying American and British aircraft at the beginning of the war and then ended up flying with Germany, Germany. Uh, towards the end of the war. And it, I help. It, I like to use that as a, a way to teach people about aviation history, world history, and stuff about the hobby. You know, so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. So, and that, I, I really it um, it helps relax me. It helps, you know, um, bring a, a level of enjoyment that allows me to interact with people. So I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I can I can see where RC is, you know, it's a it's a very low bar to get into uh compared to full scale oh, for yeah. anybody yeah. that just has a a hankering to go fly or to be around airplanes or something like that because yeah, I can't afford to go out and buy a real airplane right now and fly it around. So yeah. RC kind of fills that need and um obviously it's a little bit safer. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it is well i've got a couple scars on my hands from propellers well, biting me and yeah, stuff like that yeah i've only been so, scared for my life a couple of times in the pits when someone else was flying so i mean yeah relative you know is the term to use yeah right, but at least with, with that you can go hide behind the you know the someone else well i was gonna say someone else i was gonna say the tables but yeah i guess someone else too depending sure, on who it sure. is um yeah so that's that that's amazing um yeah, full scale stuff, crashes and all that are kind of uh, scary. That's the word I was yes. going to use, actually. Yeah. So you yeah. took the words right out of my I'm mouth. I'm sorry again. That's okay. <laughs> all right, so RC planes. Let's talk about RC planes. I'm uh, Gary. I'm I'm kind of running through the the list you sent us and doing some quick math in my head. And your overall number, if we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because he does have a you know a note in here that uh, something about. Uh, 
you know, the wife not knowing about. <laughs> I think we all have a note like I that think on our list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, lot of the, a lot of the airplanes here are Tommy's, and a lot of the airplanes <laughs> at Tommy's house are mine. So oh, yeah, it's, something it's like what, that. Yeah, yeah, those aren't yeah. mine. Those are, those are Ron's. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm, them. Yeah. I'm just holding them for somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that one Absolutely. Too. <laughs> all right. So a little bit of quick math here. I come up with about 37. It's a so very good number. Right. I think yeah. it's right yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, quickly, if if you don't mind, I'll run down the list because I like to I like to see what kind of airplanes people hang on to and what, yeah. what they don't. So I like how you have everything organized here, nice and neat. So I'll <laughs> just get right to it here. From the UM, UMX line, you have the Champ, the Radian, the PT seventeen, the Pitts, one of my favorite, the the uh, Waco, mm -hmm. uh, a Piper Cub, uh, the Timber, the T twenty eight, and SE five A, which is a uh, Another favorite of mine, and then the Fokker D seven, uh, excuse me, D eight. So, yeah, that's actually a pretty pretty nice UMX collection just by itself. But then, uh, foam board, which are you know kind of the kind of like a sandpiper type arrangement. You know, they just foam board and stick them together, and you've got a looks like a FT's flight test, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we got the mighty Mini P fifty one, the Mini F four U. The mini F twenty two, and then you have a flight test stick, and then you have a Depron uh, Fokker E three Eindecker. That sounds like a cool airplane, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's scratch built. I scratch built that one, but I didn't have a category. I figured it falls in the foam board sure. category. Yeah. Now, Ron and I, well, mostly me, um, we we kind of like not that we frown upon, but we're not huge fans of the foam airplanes. However, the ones you scratch build yourself, like Ron designed the Sandpiper and it actually flies pretty good. Okay. Those are actually a lot of fun. Those are fun yes. for the for the cheapness that you yeah. are that you're dealing with. You don't right. have to worry about, you know, an actual long build. If you crash it, you crash it. Exactly. You no, know, I don't yeah. care. However, I will say and like the foam airplanes, I might I might be coming around to them just a little bit. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they are they do look good. They especially look good like from the, 20 feet away. Right, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you're not close enough, and th I think that's my thing, is you see them up close and you see all the little beads of foam, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I don't like, but I think I'm, I'm starting to come around. Come around. Because okay. you know what? An airplane is an airplane. It's still an airplane, right. Yes. I still prefer balsa. I that's... prefer balsa, but I'm <laughs> I'm not going to poo-poo on the foam as much as I used to. Poo-poo. <laughs> yeah. You said poo-poo. Okay. Well, was that not All right, correct? so moving on. Uh, 60... Uh, 64 millimeter EDFs, uh, electric ducted fans. These are all scale birds. Uh, an F9 Panther, F86 Sabre, and F8 Crusader. Where'd you find a Crusader in 64 millimeter? That's uh, the Motion RC one. It's available oh, okay. now. Um, I may have. I'm having. I, I just flew it for the first time the other day, actually. Yeah, fly good. So, uh, it, there's <laughs> some right. tweaking that needs to be done. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's in one piece. It's still, still right? in one so. piece, right? Uh, the elevators are no longer <laughs> attached. They just need to get glued back on. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. So, well, so that well, was, I landed in some bushes. Oh, okay. Um, All right. So that was my I gotcha. fault. Yeah. Well, it happens. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so 70 millimeter EDF, you got an ME-262, which is a really awesome twin engine uh, German Warbird. Yes. And then you have, moving on to Warbird, so you have a Sopwith triplane. Oh, music to my yeah, ears. Yeah, those are awesome. Um a 190D9, a 190A8. Which A8 do you have? Is that That's a, is the that uh, Flightline free wing one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a good-looking airplane. Uh, F4 Corsair, the BF109G6. I'm not sure what that means. Is that? Is uh, that that's just the, the G6 is the model number. 
uh, okay. more rounded nose, all that. That's a, really? a Dynam model. Okay. Hmm, cool. Uh, and then a PT-17, a MiG-29, and then the uh, Feisler 156 storage in Balsa. He's got that in parentheses there. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, sport planes, you got a Timber, the one and a half meter and 855 millimeter pits. Uh, the DO-27, which is the fiberglass one. Yeah, cool. Uh, Balsa Super Cub and then a Great Plains PT-60. And then note you have on this one, on display in an airport restaurant in New Hampshire. I got to hear yes. about that. Okay, so, so somebody, there's a restaurant would... in New Hampshire that has your, is this your original Great Plains PT-60? Yes, from the 1990s. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. That yes. is awesome. I'll give, it's actually in, and there, it's, I, I got the magazine, but it's in Model Airplane News. There's a picture of it. Really? Hanging up in that, in that, um, awesome. uh, restaurant. So, uh, like I said, I lived up in New Hampshire as a kid. And, yeah. um, when I moved away, I still had this airplane. I still had it. And it, uh, it's a PT 60. It has an Enya 40 on it. So interesting. it's, okay. it seems like it would be very underpowered, but it's not, it flies really great. It flies very scale or, um, sure. It flies very well. So, yeah. but my father painted it. It was all yellow with red bands on the wing and tail, and it's got American Star and Bar Navy on. It. So, if you picture um, like kind of a Stearman or a um, AT6 Texan paint job on it, and it's all airbrushed and weathered with the shark's mouth on front on the front of it. Everything really, and That's it awesome. has a set of old Dubro wheels from my dad's uh, and my grandfather's hobby shop on it. And I don't know why, but that makes me smile that it has yeah, a part sure. from their old mm-hmm. hobby shop on yeah, it. Yeah, that absolutely. Makes me but, smile. Um, it's not even my my story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that it, it when I, we first built it, we took it to an RC model competition uh, that our club, the uh, I think we were called the RC Aces at the time. Um, they had a, uh, a show that they put together with all the other clubs and it won first place in the trainers because of how good it looked. And um when I moved to Illinois, um, I had to do something with it. So, uh, we, I went to the airport that I learned to fly out. There was a restaurant there and I said, do you guys want to hang it up for a display? Cause they had a bunch of models hanging up there and they're like, yeah, sure. And that's where it's been since, um, 98, 99. <laughs> and it, it, awesome. it, they have a little motion track. So it goes around the, the, um, the uh the restaurant like it's flying around it's kind of oh, cool really that so, is cool. yeah but uh Never i was going that. through model aviation magazine one day and i looked down and there's a little <laughs> corner picture of it i'm like holy crap that's my Here's airplane my airplane yeah <laughs> that's awesome so, yeah and it's still in perfectly good flying condition they've taken very good care of it but at this point it's been there you know 25 years around 25 years it's kind of become a staple to that so i'm just sure. like you guys keep it and I'll, I'll build a new one if I ever want to build <laughs> yeah. one again. So, yeah. And good thing, you know, the PT 60 is a fairly simple airframe. If you wanted to build one from plans, it wouldn't be hard. Yeah. To do. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It's, I think like the tail was all just slab quarter inch balsa and yep. the fuselage was the same way. The wings mm-hmm. were the only thing that really took any effort to build. Right. Yeah. And that was just so. standard D tube construction. I, I remember because I built a PT 40, you know, way back in the day. So yeah. Uh, and good, good flying trainers. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Mine's not hanging up at an airport, though. 
okay, so moving on, we got kits uh, that you're waiting to build. You got the SIG uh, clipped wing cub that you mentioned, uh, a foam F-18, a foam board F-18, and then you have a uh, DH-82 Tiger Moth, which that's uh, de Havilland, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which kit is that? That's the Dancing Wing Hobbies as oh, well. Okay. It's the same people that build the Storch. <laughs> okay. So I've been hesitant. I've had that kit for about <laughs> two years well i bought it right after i got the storage yeah and i've been hesitant to build it because i'm like oh what am i going to run into with this but right at some point i'll just buckle storage, down yeah. and do it yeah well don't be afraid to re-engineer that one as you go because you now know you may need to <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay and then and then the list that i'm very familiar with crashed waiting for repair you have a scorpio miss two i don't know what that is i'm not sure either like, I know who Scorpio that, is because that's what my uh, Fiesta 45 is, but I don't know what a Miss 2 is. What is that? The Miss 2 was a polyhedral three-channel um, high-wing uh, parasol airplane. Um, it was powered by a Speed 400, like a, I think it was a oh. Gropner Speed 400. Okay. Um, very docile, great flying airplane. I mean, <laughs> that was my go-to trainer if I was ever showing somebody, like, basic controls of the airplane um like mm-hmm. you could not crash that it was almost impossible to crash uh, How, what however i it, have to interrupt it's on the crashed waiting for yes. repair list <laughs> so like i said as you get comfortable you get complacent and okay. you start doing things um <laughs> yes i understand completely cool. and like yes. you're like you're 18 all over again yeah yeah so i would get out there with this three channel and show people that you can loop roll it you could hammerhead turn it. It's just sure. all about control and watching the airplane. Mm-hmm. And I was coming in, caught the wing tip, um, trying to do not like a knife edge, but <laughs> trying to come in kind of, you know, with no ailerons, get all elevator and rudder, kind of get the airplane in a knife edge. Sit, and I caught the wing tip and uh, took the wing tip off. But mm-hmm. it was the third time I had had some sort of incident with it. Uh, a couple times, um, um, I damaged it in my shop for the most part. Isn't that the worst? The worst. Yes. Uh, And then uh, it's been recovered three times, I think. So Mm -hmm. after I I broke the wingtip on it, which I could have repaired and just started flying, I was like, it needs a new cover job and everything. So I uncovered it, but I bought that airplane in 1995, I want to say. So it's, it, it's, the glue yeah. joints and all that, the balsa is starting to get really brittle. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, am I going to go back and repair everything or am I going to just um, hang it up as a skeleton at this point? Yeah. It, I, like I'm not, just, I'm not afraid of recovering an airplane, especially if it's an airplane that's in, you know, still in pretty good service. Um, but I got to tell you, man, you talk about, shop, you know, damaging them in the shop. I have a story, a recent story about, not to take the focus away from you, but I I feel your pain about shop damage. I'm currently in the process of recovering a brand new (laughs) wing that got damaged (laughs) in the shop. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. Complete recover. Yeah. Oh yeah. Complete. Yeah. That's yeah. So anyway, I feel your pain. And the thing about, especially when you have something new and you do something like that, you're like, do I, I don't want to put a repair on it. Exactly. I want it to look new. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So yes. you end up peeling everything off and you That's... sit there and you're like, well, what can I salvage? And it turns out the best thing to do is just take everything off, Start over. sand yep. it, 
and go yep. back to it. Yep. Cut the ailerons off, make new ailerons. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's where yeah. I'm at. So brand and new it, airplane. <laughs> and every cut and peel of every covering is like taking a layer of your soul away. Because <laughs> you you're like, I'm not going to do it this good again. I can't. Do, I covered it so perfect this time. It's well, just, luckily, yeah. Luckily, in this case for me, it was an ARF, so it had been recut or had been covered oh, okay. by somebody else in China, probably some little yeah. old kid probably in China covered it originally. But yeah, no, I, I feel your pain, especially if it's one that you had uh, covered yourself, um, which yeah. I've done that as well. So anyway, I feel your pain. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so that was the Scorpio Miz 2. I may have to keep an eye out for that. I, I, I like the Scorpio. Was this an ARC that uh, the Scorpio, was it a uh, almost ready to cover or was it a complete kit? It was a complete kit. I okay. want to say it was it was an ARF. Yeah, yeah. It, you needed servos and stuff like I that. So, okay. but it it was all yellow with a red tail originally. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the Scorpio they were they were pretty uh, popular. Uh, they made what they called ARC, uh, which was an ARC, almost ready to cover ARF. So that's what my Fiesta 45 was. Anyway, yeah. uh, so moving on, a 1.2 meter uh, clip wing cub uh, crashed waiting for repair. So we got to hear that story. Okay. So this happened <laughs> about three months ago, four months ago. Oh, um, still, I was still fine. painful. I, yeah. What's that? <laughs> still, yeah. still painful and fresh. <laughs> this was the first larger scale from the UMX line that I got into when I got back into the hobby. Um so I've been flying. This is the airplane. I always said this is the shake the rust off the uh, long time flying airplane because it flies so well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the it was the um, Horizon Hobby, I believe, put it out or E-Flight put it out. Um, uh, their foam clip wing cub. So uh, I was out flying it. I have a real I had a really good friend that I flew with named Dwayne. Um, that I did a lot of my flying with and he's the type of guy he's very confident on his he was a he's a drone pilot so he's very confident on the sticks so when I had we were out flying if it's you know winds blowing six or seven miles an hour I start getting into the I don't want to fly phase and he's that guy that is like get up there and fly go up and fly <laughs> it's not that windy you got yeah. that, that model had AS three X on it. He's like, you got mm -hmm. AS three X, just get up there and fly. So mm -hmm. I took it off and I'm flying it around and I'm, I'm not having any trouble flying it. So he starts goating me into doing different aerobatic. <laughs> He's like, do an inverted low pass. And I'm like, I'm not doing an inverted low pass. He's like, uh, just try flying inverted, do this, that. And I'm like, so finally I was like, I did a spin. He's like, it'd be cooler if you did an inverted spin. So I rolled oh, the airplane over and I did an inverted spin. Well, uh -huh. I did not recover from an inverted right. spin. I recovered from a regular spin. Oh, so the airplane yep. just goes into a nosedive and went right into the tops right of the trees. Into the, oh, the trees. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So it's sitting in the top of a tree and it, no damage. It looked perfect. So I'm like, okay, I got to get this thing down. So this is way out in the woods in my club from the side of my club. So I'm out there and I'm talking, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this thing out? So I'm, I try climbing it, but it, um, I am not in the shape to climb a tree. <laughs> so, and it's probably a good okay. 50 feet up in the Ooh. top of this tree. Yeah. yeah. It's up there. Yeah. So, um, I, I grabbed my, I went home, grab now this is the worst part about it really it's date night for my wife and I. So I'm like, <laughs> babe, I just need to run out to the RC field, cut this tree down real quick and get my airplane. 
And she's like, that's fine. Now my wife is dressed to the nines and I'm uh, running out there in my truck in in nice clothes with a chainsaw to go get my model airplane. (laughs) I have to cut two trees down. And when the tree came down, it demolished the airplane. So I, I stripped all, I stripped all the electronics out of it and I Mm -hmm. just ordered all new um, foam for it. And Mm -hmm. I'll just put it back together because the airplane's Mm -hmm. been discontinued. (laughs) Otherwise I would have just bought a new model. But Right now with the supply chain issues, I'm waiting on the fuselage and the battery cover to actually start putting it back together. And I think those I ordered them back in October and they are supposed oh, wow. to be here in May of this wow. year. So Jeez. yeah, I'm, I've been waiting patiently. But since then, I bought this, like I said, I bought the SIG um, Balsa one, mm-hmm. which is roughly the same size. So yeah. Which you'll, yeah, you'll that was, love. Yeah, that'll, that you're going to love that airplane. <laughs> Yeah, they fly so well. It flies probably as good as the one you they, you don't have anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, rub it in. <laughs> yeah, remember how that flew? Yeah. Yeah, this one yeah. will fly just, just like that. Like probably better. <laughs> uh, all right, and then so the last part of your list, which this is something that uh, Ron and I haven't done. Um, you have it labeled as crashed and gone. Like I yes, I've I don't think I had could do that. so many that I couldn't keep track. But you yeah. have a. A Phoenix Edge 540, uh, an F9F Panther, a 64 millimeter, which looks like you've replaced. Yes. Uh, a, F, a Flight Test Sportster and a UMX, uh, a 50 millimeter version of the F16. Yes. So crashed and gone. No, no yes. plans except for the Panther. No, no plans to replace any of those other three. Um. So no, not really. Well, else, uh, maybe. The Panther was my first EDF. Uh, mm-hmm. My father bought it for me for a birthday present. Uh, last year or the year before and um it flew i loved it it was one of the best flying uh you know what they guess they call them the toss and boss you know it's three channel elevator and aileron mm-hmm. um any you know no landing gear or anything like that uh and i had a great time flying it and what had happened I actually have it posted on youtube and i'll send you guys the link okay um, yeah. i did not i'm and this is a lesson learned that has changed my behavior out at the RC field. Um, <laughs> I was flying a bunch of different models and I was, I set the batteries to one side and the good battery, the used batteries go over here and the new batteries are in their, in their, um, um, box over here. Mm-hmm. And I had taken a new battery out and I was like, Oh, I want to film this so that, you know, I can show people flying this model stuff like that. And, um, I set up my camera on my hat and all this other stuff. And I went and grabbed the battery and I had grabbed a used battery battery that was already down to 50%. Mm-hmm. And, um, I threw it out there. It flew fine for about a minute and a half. And then it went into, um, the, the electronic cutout on the power. Right. Yep. And I, I, you can watch the video. It's, I, I still laugh at it every time I'm coming by <laughs> on my field and I say, Oh, expletive (laughs) i knew exactly what had happened so i'm immediately going into try to turn the airplane back into the field because i'm kind of over the edge of the trees and get landing right now Uh and as i'm making the turn i'm slow that's a very scale built air looking airplane um i'm turning and i lose throttle and i lose control and the airplane nose dives and crashes in the only puddle on that field <laughs> isn't that I mean, like our luck though yeah honestly like yes. a magnet yeah 
and I knew exactly what had happened. I'd put a used battery in it because I'm look. I, I looked over at the table, and there's a battery set over. And there it is. Yeah. By the good batteries, and one missing from the used. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I do with them is I cut the tails off, and then I mount them to my wall, and I try to write something underneath them, like Me, check oh, your I'd, batteries. Oh, I don't do the the thing underneath, but I've got some on my walls too. I yeah. love it. It's just it I just love the awesome. I, I love the idea of of posting the lesson you learned. Yeah, yes. That resulted in that. And he's being like tail. a plaque underneath yeah. of it. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a great idea. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm writing that down because that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's the only one I replaced because that's the only one that uh, I kind of enjoyed. That Phoenix Edge was given to me uh, by a friend of mine who passed away uh, last year, and um, he was like, "You'll love it. It's fast. It's this, that, and the other thing." And I'm like, "Okay." So I'm taking it up for the first time myself, and I'm like, "Man, this thing flies like it's on rails. It's a great flying airplane." Well, the uh, the peanut gallery, all the guys in behind me start saying, like, it's aerobatic, do aerobatics. And I'm like, okay. So I did a snap roll. I'm like, oh, that flies. Hey, that was that cool. That's great. Yeah, that was so cool. So I'm like, I did a loop. I did a regular aileron roll. And I'm like, I'm going to do a um, dual double snap roll because this thing is just so easy to fly. Uh-huh. And I did a double snap roll. I got too slow. And I ended up hitting the tops of the trees and that was the end of that those trees man yeah yeah every single time (laughs) every time they just jump right out of the ground and grab those airplanes so yeah but peanut gallery i like i like uh, the reference because every i think every club has one at their field oh yeah and at our field i think we're the peanut gallery i think so too absolutely depending on who's flying we are definitely the ones doing that yeah I'm horrible with it too. <laughs> <laughs> Always trying to talk people into doing something outside yeah. their comfort zone. Because how do you grow unless you, you know what I mean? If you yeah. don't you push your comfort zone a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Absolutely. See? So really, yeah. we're helping. Well, yeah. yes. I mean, it's all about perspective. It's not for, it's not for our entertainment. <laughs> it's yeah. to develop, you know, whoever as a pilot. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So whatever you makes you sleep at night. <laughs> Uh, the all all the electronics out of that edge are going to go into the clip wing cub because they're roughly they they have the it's all like i said those all electric so the motor esc servos which i had rebuilt um are uh going into that clip wing cub for that power system so it'll the parts of it will live again (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah well and you know you said we salvage what we can so yes hopefully something the spirit will live on there you go. The soul yeah. will be in another soul, airplane. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed looking through your list, though, that uh, no no nitro. Yeah, I am not uh, like uh, I I love the smell of nitro. I love the sound of nitro. It's one of the things that brings you back. Um, but I cannot justify this price of the nitro fuel and the tinkering of the motors. And I know Tom, that's your, that's one of the things you love, but <laughs> yeah. I, when I want to go out to fly, I want to go out to fly. I'm, yep. I'm, I have totally to tinker with C one thirties all day <laughs> for little issues. I'm like, right. I know I want to go out there, plug a battery in and go fly. And go I want to be able to, I want to, if there's an airplane I need to bring in my wife's car, cause she has SUV, SUV, I have a pickup truck. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier to bring, airplanes out to the field in her car yep um 
if I if I leave a screw in there, she's going to let me know about it. <laughs> like, you left a screw in there. You left this in there. And I'm like, if I had the smell of nitro in her car, yeah, I, get uh, it. I would never hear the end. I'd have to get it detailed every time I brought it home. So <laughs> yeah, I that, get it. And, my cl- there's not a good place for me to purchase nitro in my area, which is a shame. It that really is. is. Um, because I don't think anybody, if you want to do nitro, fly nitro. If you want to do electric, fly electric. But uh, right. th- the biggest issue is trying to purchase it. And, yeah. you know, um, batteries, I've been having good luck. I haven't puffed any batteries yet, and I fly them pretty aggressively. I do well with um, mm-hmm. keeping the 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 charge to 50% when I land and all that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just and been not, working out better for me. And not storing them fully charged, which was a lesson I had to learn yeah. the hard way. Yeah, as long as yes. you take care of the battery, it'll take care of you. Yeah. I mean, yes. you can destroy them if you try to, but if you try to take care of them, they will last a long time. Yeah. Now, my first LiPo battery actually ended up in a fire um, in flight. And this was back oh. in 2000 or no 2006 when lipos were still coming on and you would charge them and then you'd have to balance them separately and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I had charged it up and I didn't balance it and I'm out there flying it and I'm like, oh, cool smoke. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not a good sign. <laughs> no. Wait, so, I don't have a smoke system on this airplane. <laughs> well, for that but, flight, you did. <laughs> It this I had it in it. It was a Zlin racing airplane, and I had a power a speed 480 in it, a Gropner speed 480 direct drive, mm-hmm. and um, that airplane I, it had to be doing about 90 miles an hour in straight and level flight. So when that smoke kicked in and it burnt, like I'm kind of looking at, I'm like, is that smoke? And the other guys are flying. We're like, yeah, that's smoke. And I'm like, bet you that battery's catching fire. You kind of thinking through it. Uh, it had, I would assume, it had burned through the aileron servo while I was in the turn. Oh, the airplane no. just kept turning. But it hit about 500 feet away from me in a soccer field, and I felt the impact in my feet that thing hit so hard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. It, it was, I walked out there just to put the fire out. I didn't even pick a yeah. piece up. There was nothing left. Nothing left. I couldn't even find the motor. It was buried in the ground. Wow. Yeah, it, it hit really, hard. It was really honking when it went in then. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, I don't hold it against you that you don't have any nitro because I totally get it. I mean, it is it is expensive right now. Nitro fuel is the highest I've ever seen it. Like, even, yeah. even factoring in inflation and all that stuff, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't get away from it. I mean, it's yeah. just... I I, see, it's one of those things where, and I've said it before, I like nitro. I just don't want to own nitro. Right. I yeah. like being around it. I like listening to it. I like the smell of it. I like the sound of it. I like everything about it. I just don't want it. Yeah. So no, I get in, it. In, it works out great. In my opinion, nitro motor airplanes and what they represent, they are, they are that they represent the hobby. They really do. But with all the new technology, it's kind of like, you know, electric cars and all this other stuff. It's, it's just kind of the way I think the hobby's going. And it makes it more approachable for people who aren't in the hobbies because people understand batteries over, you know, tuning their, uh, you know, they kind of sit there and think about their weed eater and how they function and all the, you know, oh, it's good for a year and then I have a problem with it next year and stuff like that. But it's a learning process that you really got to get out there and I believe you got to kind of get out there in the field and talk with guys who are experienced with it to better understand it, to be able to, um, 
maintain nitro because there's a lot more maintenance with nitro than there is with electric. Electric, oh, yeah. you put them up mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you're done. Nitro, yeah. you got to go through the preservation process. So, yeah. and that's and that's just something you don't see a lot of people talking about. I mean, you guys do, which is great. Um, I mean, I never knew like, oh yeah, you probably should preserve your nitros over the winter and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's probably where a lot of my problems are, but. Yeah, <laughs> do I want to get back into it? <laughs> right yeah. now, I yep. will tell you, I am not opposed to gas airplanes, and I do plan on um, later on building. I want to build a um, quarter scale D seven Fokker D seven, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to do that with a, a like a Balsa USA quarter scale D seven with a gas motor in it. Yeah, sounds like Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, uh, one of one of our friends. He's he loves the World War One stuff, and he's a he's a pretty good fan of the Balsa USA kits. And yeah, and the Fokker would be you know that's something. I think he probably already. I know he already owns one of those. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good flying airplane, and they, which as you are, you know, since the Pete and Paul kind of flies the same, you're you're already kind of one step ahead of anyone else who wants to get into World War One. Yeah, you know, airplanes. So mm-hmm. cool beans. You you've talked about flying at the field and stuff. What uh, you are the vice president of your field. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I joined my field in 2001, I believe is when I joined or no 2000 or uh, I'm sorry, not 2000, 2020, I joined the field. Um, I had been flying at a park just down the street from me with all my small UMX and it, um, it was going good, but we eventually got kicked out of there. Uh, people were complaining as the summer comes along and there's more and more people. They don't want to see the RC flying there. So I found this club, um, going through the AMA website and I'd rolled out there and I'm, I'm very much of a thing. If something needs to be approved, uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, so the, the road to our club is, uh, kind of treacherous. It's a, it, you know, a normal car has a hard time going up there if you don't know the kind of path oh. through the dirt road. Oh. Um, so the first thing I said is, what are we doing about this road? I joined and the first thing I say at the club is, what are we doing about the road? And they're like, well, you know, you know their current president and vice president are, they're like, we're trying this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, is there somebody I can contact? Is there any help I can give you this, that, you know, so... I started contacting people. Well, at the end of the year came around, the vice president and the president said, um, you guys, are, you know, myself and a guy named Alan Jack, who's the president, um, were kind of working together to get um, improvements done at the field with blessing of the president and the vice president that was at the time. And they, those two guys just looked at each other and said, why don't you guys be the president and vice president? <laughs> so they had the vote and we got we got the job. So yeah. um and it's been now it's bureaucracy and mm. RC and it's not the fun part, but it's no. the part that needs to get done if you want to get anything done yeah. to improve your does, uh, field. So does your club own the land or do you guys lease it or how's that work? We we get it for free. Um, we had to set up as a nonprofit. The mm-hmm. Douglas County Park System, who owns the property, said if you're a nonprofit, uh, but you still have to collect dues. Uh, and you use your money to improve it or to put towards the club in any way, we'll let you have the land for free. So okay. we are pretty yeah. much, uh, we have uh, an unlimited lease on the land for this RC field. So we, and it's been there since the early, the late 70s, 80s. 
and Excellent. it's kind of tucked out of the way. It's not usable for anything but being either forest or an RC field, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how we ended up with it. And um, it's it's getting a little tight because they don't like us doing too much maintenance on the actual ground, cutting trees down and stuff like that. To um, get airplanes. Which I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been working with them saying they don't mind if, you, like we've told them, airplanes get stuck in trees and we want to cut the tree down there you know one tree out of a million is not a big deal to them but they don't want us going in there and hiring a company and clear cutting the field yes so yep i get that yeah so it's it's a good field we have um it's about four or five hundred feet wide by uh roughly a thousand feet from end to end but then it's trees dense trees all the way around it all the way okay yeah. yeah, that would be kind of scary. But other than that, that's yeah. that's a good size area. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty decent. It is. I wouldn't I don't think uh, I would fly quarter scale or third scale there um, just from the simple fact that if you if you lose power on takeoff or go around or something like that, you're putting it into the trees, which yeah. is when you got that much money invested into it, you want to have. Yeah. Sure. Um, At a least a bit chance. More land. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Room for mistakes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yes. So for field improvements such as the road, do you guys have to coordinate? And, and the only reason I ask is just, it. I like to, It. so many different fields are ran so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if we hear that, uh, that this organization is getting this accomplished and they went through it this way, Hopefully that information can help out somebody who may be listening, who might be going through a similar situation with their field and haven't tried that idea, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like when oh, to, to do the road work, uh, did you guys have to work with a road commissioner or anything like that? Or, or the land is still it, we, owned by the, by the lessee, I guess it was. Or it would it, be, the, the, um, so we have to get approval through the parks department for everything that we do. And I have okay. a good contact with the Douglas County parks department, where I can kind of explain, they just want, it's kind of like an HOA. If you live in an uh, HOA, they yeah. just kind of want to know what you're going to do. Sure. And then they approve it and allow you to do it. But we okay. have to fund it all ourselves. Of course. Yeah. So uh, with the road right now, we're raising the funds um, and we're not raising, we don't raise um, our dues or anything to pay for this. We, we really ask our members to just either contribute or, um, Anybody that can throw a couple extra bucks to it, but we're going to purchase all the new gravel for the bad areas for the road. And the parks department is going to lend us a operator and a piece of machinery to, to grade it all out. Yeah. So, but it it really is. It's, um, you've got a, I've always said it's, there's about 25 of us active on the club. I think 28 total members, but, um, it's, you know, to ask the parks department to give funds for 28 people when <laughs> yeah. they have parks that are open to thousands of people, right? No, you know, I get you're, you're yeah. going to be low on, and you got to understand that that's, that's really how it should be. Right. It stinks, but that's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, but with anything, if you have a passion for it, you're going to get it done and you're going to make the improvements. It just, you got to be willing to be patient with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys and fly that's off been of- my biggest thing. Do you guys fly off of grass or textile? We have um, a a three or 400 foot by 75 foot um, asphalt strip. And then. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. 
it's it's wavy. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like landing on the ocean. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it, uh, it does follow the contours. So there's it's there's okay. um, it's kind of down at one end and and it kind of humps in the first and last quarter, and then it's kind of low in the middle. Okay. Um, which it'll it'll come up and bite you and on a you'll be set up for a great approach and you're like all right I got this I'm gonna I'm gonna grease this and you would grease it if that hill wasn't there so you end up slamming it in slamming or you end now. up floating over and then going way long so uh, but <laughs> well, you get used to it I mean yeah. it's makes you a better pilot good parts right exactly part. yeah exactly so how far how far away is your field from your house like how long of a drive um about fifteen minute drive. Oh, that's yeah, not so about, bad. That's about that's, where we are too. Yeah. I'm a little longer yeah. than that, but are you? Yeah, it's about twenty-ish or so for oh. me. Yeah, it's not Depending terrible traffic, though. Yeah. Now well, for my UMX commute, airplanes, yeah. I fly right in my front yard. Yeah, and why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, they're that's perfect the, for that. That's the beauty of those. Yeah, they yeah. are easy to transport. You can fly them anywhere, and just have to watch the wind. I should probably get some yeah. more oh, of yeah. those. I sh- we all should get we some more of those. I think. I, I would agree. Um, <laughs> well, those – and if you like building, um, the Micro Aces um, models are awesome. They look super scale. They fly really well. That's what the the um, SE5 and um, Fokker D8 are. They're those um, Micro Aces ones, and they use the same boards and um, motors as the one-cell um, – umx airplanes so you really? can buy stuff okay. from verizon and the guy and i believe they're out in england um he has all those boards as well spectrum oh. futaba all compatible see i yeah. learn every time we do yeah. this ron and, I, and always... I both wrote that down <laughs> actually I, i'll have to be checking that out <laughs> yeah and, we'll be probably checking that out see what new stuff yeah. i get to buy right. it's exciting yeah that, that's awesome so uh, I, it just occurred to me sorry i don't mean to interrupt the flow here, but I, I was looking at the list and I did notice something besides nitro that is missing from your list. And that's gliders. You know, well, no, he's I, got the, I he's actually got the love UMX gliders. Radian. That's true. He does have a radian. Yeah. You've got the radian. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, being that small, it doesn't, it, it's not, I don't really see it as a true glider. It's hard right. to get to thermal yeah. and you can't thermal very high in it because it's so small. Small. You yeah. can't see it. Yeah. So Ron and I, yeah. We've, we've kind of gone on to this glider kick, and um, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna give that a give that a shot. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I'm looking forward what, to that. It's different. What it's kind of gliders kids. are you guys doing? Um, powered or um, rubber band launch or discus launch? So I we haven't done any of the discus launch stuff yet. Um, I yet. think that would be good to practice with. Right now we have powered gliders, um, okay. and I think. That's where we needed to start. Mine's not powered. You haven't flown yours, so that well, doesn't count. Right, but it's it's still a glider and it's not powered. Right now, mine. right now, flyable. <laughs> we have a powered glider that I think is a, a good place to start because, <laughs> um, like I said a while ago, tr- the first time I flew that, trying to land it took me forever, mm-hmm. and it was nice to have the motor to be able to go back around because yeah, I'd never flown a glider before and they're completely yeah. different than a regular airplane. Yeah. So we're I toying, shouldn't say completely, but you know. Yeah, we're toying around with the <clears throat> with a non powered glider uh and towing it behind the trash can telemaster. Mm-hmm. Which oh, that'd actually, be great. Yeah. yeah that's that's kind the of, plan. And luckily the the field we fly at we're really, really fortunate to have such a a long runway. Um it's actually a grass strip for an airport. 
that yeah. uh, that is uh, dual purpose. We, they let us use it, and uh, perfect setup, I think, for oh, I do too for doing a, a tow yeah. kind of a operation, an arrow so, tow. Yeah, that'll yeah. be fun. No, I've I've thought about I've thought about the six the uh, Sig riser. Uh, I think it's a hundred inch wingspan. Yeah, it's a, and it's a doing a powered modification to it. either putting a power pod that will rubber band to the top of the wing, mm-hmm. so that I can go from powered to non-powered, sure, or something like that. You know, uh, but glider. Yeah, I love the guys I used to fly with. Uh, I, I call them the uh, Lockheed Retiree Club. Um, <laughs> they're all engineers from Lockheed Martin that I met at the um, park I used to fly at. And, um, I ended up getting around, uh, working around with them and, uh, learning a lot, but they, they're big glider guys. So they'll get up there and they'll, you know, uh, soar around for 30 and 40 minutes in thermal. Uh, they also go through all the telemetry on the radios and stuff like that, download it and look at it. And they say, Oh, I was doing this and that. And they go back and rework their models to get more performance out of them, which blows wow. me away. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, I guess, it's it's one of the advantages you get when you do retire. You get a little more time to delve into your hobbies a little bit deeper. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, no, it, it it I've always wanted to get a a glider, but I always wanted, you know, I'm kind of like power glider, unpowered glider, discus launch because that discus launch competition stuff just seems like it's a neat thing. You know how you yeah. launch the air the <clears throat> glider up in there. Um, trying to do the the timed flights exactly to like a minute and touch and goes and spot landings all that seem it seems like it would really build up your skills and you that's, know, being able that's to say comp- I'm gonna land it here and mm-hmm. you know without a chance of going around having to really manage yeah. your power or your uh, altitude and airspeed and yeah. be able to spot land and stuff like that it's especially very interesting to me <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. that's that's why I think it's good to start with powered because you have the option to go around if you end up accidentally landing 500 feet away because (laughs) they i mean they just float forever it's so hard to get them lined up and especially like the one i have that i've been flying does not have ailerons and i kind that's a pain for me like yeah you you lose so much control when you don't have the ailerons to where you can't crab coming down the runway if there's a little bit of wind you just you use or you lose a lot of the control i'm used to having i guess mm-hmm. so well not only that you can always program your ailerons to kind of pop up together as spoilers to help you get on the ground a little bit quicker yeah, that's, <laughs> the, the one i have has a spoiler built into it um, oh okay I, okay i don't know how to use it obviously because i you always try things high up when you right. when you first try yeah. things. um so i had it you know pretty pretty high up there and Flip the switch for the spoiler, and it just it pretty dove much straight, straight for the ground. nosedive down to the ground. Yeah, so I was like, so, oh, oh, don't like that. Turn that <laughs> off. And then it was fine. So I'm going to have to do some more practice with that and yeah. kind of learn. <laughs> Maybe it was up too high. Maybe it was too fast. Maybe it has to have elevator built in when you do yeah, it. I don't. I, I don't know. We'll, there is we'll a little bit. So I, I, when I was learning to fly, um, I was I got up in a Grobe 109 glider. It's a powered glider. Uh, powered by a Porsche four-cylinder engine, really mm. cool airplane. Well, one of the things we did was what we called a max effort landing, where you come over the numbers of the runway at pattern altitude, roughly about 900 feet above the ground, and you would deploy the spoilers and push that nose straight down. And you would dive for the ground and then pull out and land 
about 100 feet down the runway, 100 to 200 feet down the runway. And oh that's my. where I learned how to do spoilers, even in an RC airplane. You really want to have those kind of dialed in. You don't want them just fully deploy and fully come down. You kind of want to, I would put them on the R knob if, mm. you know, for mm -hmm. Spectrum, the R knob on there mm -hmm. and just slowly play with them. Yeah. So you can see what the airplane does with different degrees of spoiler. Yeah, that's, that's a good a great idea. idea. Yeah. 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 See? Learning stuff. <laughs> Why you have the conversations. Yeah. I'm exactly. not an got to. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, which which the glider you you know talking about you got at the swap meet the mm -hmm. Toledo we had talked over and over and over and probably wore all of our listeners ears out. <laughs> uh, but we were yeah. so excited to to go. Gary, do you do you like to go to swap meets? Or I have you been so and all, a lot of my other hobbies I go to swap meets. Uh, RC um, COVID kicked off right when I was getting back into it, yeah. and uh, I only live like three hours from Perry. Oh, so yeah, the, I got back into it. Didn't even know what Perry was. I drove right by <laughs> Perry going to visit family in St. Augustine, Florida mm. during when Perry was going on. Didn't even know. Uh, <sighs> I got back and guys were like, oh, you went down to St. Augustine at the club. I'm like, yeah, they're like, did you go to Perry? And I'm like, well, what's Perry? What's that? I drove yeah. through it. Like, it's the largest swap meet for RC. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Is it still going on? They're like, no, it was last weekend. I'm like, dang. And then the next year it was canceled. And then this year. I actually, I was like, okay, I'm going to Perry with everyone. And I got sick oh. and I was like, I don't want to go down there. Cause I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't test positive for COVID or anything, but I was like, sure. I don't want to go down there with a weakened immune system and yeah. have to, you know, all that. So I had to miss it now three years in a row, but this yeah. next year is going to be, I've already told I'm going to Perry and I'm coming back with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, That's you're not. It's not a successful um, trip. Trip unless the vehicle you go down there in is so full that you cannot see out the windows on the way. Home. <laughs> exactly, I so, agree one hundred percent. Yeah, we're we're gonna try. I don't know if we'll do next year. I'm I'm hoping to, but there's a lot of things that have to align right to yeah. make it happen. But I'd love to do Perry next year. But yeah, our our goal is to eventually uh, go to go to Perry because mm -hmm. it sure sounds like it's a nitro it's lovers worthwhile. paradise. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I agree. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, I wanted to bring up the Facebook group that you have started. What? Uh, why don't you yes. talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So one of the things I, I I really enjoy doing is I rarely leave any of my foam airplanes. This is when you were talking about uh, you look at the foam and they look like beaded foam. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I follow the RC geek on YouTube and uh, Facebook, and I've love how he modifies his he goes back and fills it all in and almost does it like a plastic model very scale model mm -hmm. so i kind of dumbed that down a little bit and i created on facebook the uh custom uh foam rc airplanes where i want to basically encourage people to take that airplane that they buy from motion and all that and make it their own go in there and repaint it and then try to share how we do the repainting and uh, things we have learned and that work and don't work. So like my Panther, um, that's kind of how this all started. That F9F Panther is yellow with a gray fuselage. And that's kind of, I think, that what the Navy used as a drone mm -hmm. chase airplane. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's cool. It's visible. But it's the Panther was kind of an underrated, in my opinion, the F-86 kind of outshined uh, the Panther in the Korean War. 
Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite movies growing up was The Bridges of Toko Ri, and they fly the F9F Panther. So mm-hmm. I went through and sanded that whole airplane down, filled all the foam, repainted it in the blue, had Kali graphics out of New Mexico make scale decals for it. So now it is um, the uh, commander's airplane and the bridges of Toko Ri. And that kind of got me going like, well, how many people actually know how to do this? So I wanted to create that Facebook page um, to um, basically create a a forum where we can talk about the things, the successes, the failures that we've had with customizing our um, model airplanes, our foam model airplanes. And that's really what it's about. I mean, we're modelers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, make, taking an airplane and customizing it and making it what you want it to be, I think I think is awesome. Uh, sounds similar to what I had talked to Ron probably offline about. You know, we, I picked up a Taft Hobby, I think it's a Viper EDF or whatever it's called. But it's just ugly. I mean, it was in a, <laughs> it was in a, uh, a fire. Is. It has a lot of smoke damage and staining. The foam is okay, but it's the just... The building it was in was in a fire. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Um, oh, okay. So it's just not pretty. So I was thinking of, uh, you know, sanding it down and putting a uh, an Italian... Because it looks very similar to a Machi. I think it's a F-201 or something like that. Um, an Italian fighter. The the silhouette of it looks like. So I thought, oh, it'd be kind of neat to, to put an Italian Air Force paint job on it, you know? So that's what yeah. I'm going to do. So I'm going to reference your your uh, Facebook group because I bet there's a lot of good tips on there. Yeah, if you have yeah, a, a lot. I was going to say, if you have a link or something, get it to us and we'll put it in the show oh, notes. Yeah. That way we can yeah, there get, we go. Uh, get more absolutely, people Absolutely, absolutely. Sure. So, but uh, cool. yeah, that's so doing that. And um, like I said, we every uh, month, uh, I always put the last week of the month, I say, hey, submit your pictures to this post. I pick whoever gets the most thumbs ups on their picture, and that becomes our background as well. So I try to involve everybody that I can yeah. um, Very cool. into posting and stuff like that and sharing. So uh, like I said, I only started, I think, maybe two months ago. So we're up to, I think, 170 members. Nice. Um, the conversations kind of come in waves. How do you do this? How do you do that? And, you know, we share back and forth different stuff that we've seen online. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's interesting to me because I've, I am probably the least tech savvy person in the world. <laughs> um, I find that hard to believe li- considering what you do full time. <laughs> you, you, you would think, um, but <laughs> I do better with wrenches and drills than I, I do with, uh, electronics. So I am, uh, uh, with the C-130, I'm, I'm a mechanic and then they break down avionics and electricians into different job categories. So we send the cone heads to do the cone head things and the sparkies do the sparky things and we take <laughs> yes. stuff apart and put it back together yes. so and make it work. So. But uh, cool no, uh, like my computer for this interview, I actually, because um, I have no idea how to set up a computer very well. <laughs> so I actually turned this computer on yesterday to make sure it would boot up in time. <laughs> That's how bad Listen, I am with electronics. Gary, I feel your pain because Ron does all the computer stuff for me because I am, in, I'm, when it comes to computers, I'm an idiot. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, it's- <laughs> I actually have a 3D printer that I've had since Christmas. That I have not set up because I'm a little intimidated to set it up. And uh, my buddy Dwayne, who was my uh, flying partner for a while, he had to move to Texas to take a job with NASA. So I'm kind of like, 
like, oh man, I don't have anyone here that I know that 3D prints or how to set this up and it's computers involved. So I'll just go build models until I figure it out <laughs> and watch enough YouTube on it. So some sometimes you just gotta go a step at a time before because yes. if you if you try and delve too deep into something that deep at one time, it's it's just overwhelming and yeah. like it gives me a headache and I just I can't take it too much. So one little step at a time, baby steps, it'll get you there. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll get that. I'll, you know, eventually I'll get it. I mean, every any um, someone told me once, and I kind of live by it. Anyone who's ever done it before has never done it before, so you're not in a unique position. You, yeah. you're, you're gonna figure it out. Yeah, I like that. That's I awesome. do too. That's, I like it. Good words to live by. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gary, I really enjoyed our talk today. Anything else that you want to bring up before we get out of here? Actually, I wanted to share one story with my buddy that I flew with my buddy Dwayne. Dwayne. Um, with our, so like I said, I like to fly air combat, and oh. I had bought that F eighty six, and um, he had a MiG fifteen, and we would go out there and we'd fly these things, and I mean literally try to shoot each other down. <laughs> so um, there was one time we were out there flying, and I had I had done a bad toss, like I had thrown the airplane, tip stalled it, and. And, and smash the nose. So he's up there with air superiority and the whole time he's just like, oh, he's like, here, he says, the commies have got air superiority. Where are the Americans? And he's goating me on. So I get the airplane up and I toss it and I'm flying it around and I'm like, I'm going to make you eat those words. Uh-huh. So <laughs> hold my beer and I'm watch this. At, yeah, yeah. So I'm, he's coming around and he's like, I've got it. He's like, He's like, I'm at three minutes. I've got to land. And I'm like, well, I'm going to take you down. So I started kind of going towards him. And I was like, ah, he's in the pattern. I don't want to mess with him. We, he was coming in in a tight, in a right turn. And I was coming straight at him. So I was like, well, I'm going to bank left and kind of <laughs> cut across to cut across him, but not cut across him. Uh-huh. Well, I misjudged the distance and I hit his tail with my wingtip. Nice. <laughs> And, and these are not large the, airplanes. Like these are small no. airplanes. And that is very are, difficult. Yeah, the wingspans are only it's like uh, maybe thirty inches. Yeah, it's 24. like extremely hard to hit another airplane intentionally. Yeah. Yes. It seems so like it happens. I hit more his tail unintentionally. That's his, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I hit his tail. He, um, sp- he snapped over. The wings folded up on it, and he spun into a tree. I came back around and landed and you could, st- I still have the red streak from his tail on my wingtip <laughs> and just yes. to rub it in, I put that beautiful red star as a kill mark on the side of it. Nice, of I, course. I was like, yeah, I took a picture of it. I said, I know your MIG's still hanging in a tree and it's still hanging in a tree to this day. <laughs> Is it really? Um, That's oh, awesome. Yeah. It, well, the wing came separated, but the aileron wire mm-hmm. was still there. So it, it's wrapped around a branch with that aileron wire. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. and I was just like, you know, I was, yeah, I put that red star and I took a picture. I'm like, sorry, I lost your airplane, but one more for the good guys, you know, type of deal. <laughs> so, oh yeah. That's but that awesome. was the second crate. I was, we were calm. We were doing combat earlier. Uh, I think the time just before that we were doing combat and we were pulling into each other and he folded his wing up. Uh, again and landed in into the trees and we were able to get it back and fix it but that was that next flight i ended up taking him down again so <laughs> that was a lot of fun <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun like i did 
So I was at school in Texas back in 2008, and I was flying with the Wichita Falls Radio Con Control Club at the time. And uh, they got me into these little foamy F-22s. And everybody had the same airplane, the same power system, the same battery. So everybody was kind of evenly matched. Uh, and we would launch, I mean, occasionally there'd be 15 of these things in the air all at the same time. And you'd go five minutes and nobody would would touch anyone. But then as soon as somebody tried to come in and land, you know, accidentally people are crashing left and right, you know, because they're running into each other and stuff. It's like when you're trying to hit another airplane, it's, it's incredibly difficult to do on purpose. Is, and <laughs> yeah. we, we have the, um, Dwayne had a P 51 and I had the Dora, the, um, uh, I think they're 800 millimeter wingspans from uh free wing. Okay. And we would do air combat with those. And I tell you what, we tried everything to get an air to get a midair on these things. It's... I mean, we just got so confident with these airplanes that, I mean, full throttle, they'll do about 80 miles an hour. And we are doing low level combat with these <laughs> things. And I'm like, I'm surprised we never hit each other. Yeah. The funniest one of the we're flying now, the door has a yellow tail and the P-51 comes silver and he get you can paint it any way you want. So. He painted his up um, in a, with a yellow tail as well. So we're out there flying the first couple of times. And he's like, I, I don't know which airplane is which mine. I said, mine. well, mine's the one with the yellow tail. And he goes, we both have yellow tails. And at that moment, I realized I was watching his airplane. He was watching mine. <laughs> like, how do we not lose these airplanes yeah. already? Yeah, it happens. That happens frequently in combat. So, Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, this but, has been yeah. fun. I uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I enjoyed oh, this has been a blast. <laughs> I actually have quite a few notes here. Thanks, Gary. I'm gonna check out the uh, custom foam RC airplane Facebook group, and then micro fighters or micro aces. Excuse me. Yeah, I got lots of good stuff here. Yeah, we've got some homework to do now. <laughs> so, Gary, like I said, thanks for joining us. We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe we can talk more about. Uh, how to make a, a foam airplane your own. Hey, there you go. Because that's something yeah, we have really I'd love to get on there into. and show it in. Uh, so. I'll, I'll try to send you some links to some of the stuff I've done on YouTube with um, some awesome, of the custom yeah. stuff I've done on other airplanes and all that. I'd love to share all that. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. So we will stay in touch. Yep. Um, but until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. And you? I'm Gary Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Thanks, guys. everybody, for listening. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.